Today's show is sponsored by our friends at distilleryproducts.com. If you are a bourbon group or you are a store or a distillery and you need custom laser etched glassware at wholesale prices, that means the prices are pretty damn good, y'all. Check out distilleryproducts.com. I am happy to get you in touch with them. It is a family-owned and operated business. Carson, Janie, Vicky, all the good folks over there at distilleryproducts.com. They not only have laser etched glassware, they also have awesome swag like customized flasks and other cool things like drink stirs. Check it all out. Go to distilleryproducts.com, see for yourself, and reach out to me. I would love to get you in touch with them. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Orca Coolers. It is summer. Summer is hot. It's hot everywhere. You need a cooler that is going to be able to hold ice while it's hot. And Orca Coolers has that. They also have awesome tumblers. They have a barrel tumbler. It looks like a little whiskey barrel. Check them all out at orcacoolers.com. Use code DADSEASON and get 20% off your order. That's D-A-D-S-E-A-S-O-N. Make sure to check them out. Get a cooler or a tumbler. I mean, that cooler holds ice three, four, five days, no problem. I mean, you open that thing up after a few days, the ice looks like you just put it in there. Make sure to go to orcacoolers.com and use code DAD. Season. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Action247.com, Tennessee's only sports book by Tennesseans for Tennesseans. And this week, there is another 100K free to play game. Check out their NFL Week One Challenge because it is the preseason and there is going to be weekly promos leading up to the college and NFL regular seasons. This week, Tuesday through Sunday, bet $15 on any NFL preseason game and get a $30 free bet. There's MLB parlays, there's action boosts. Make sure to check them out out and use code dads 100 you will get matched up to 400 dollars of your first deposit at action 247.com cheers so i have a a newfound affinity or appreciation i guess for bundle packs we've always been a proponent of the bundle pack and by that i mean you know to get one bottle you have to buy one or two or maybe three other things that normally you wouldn't buy but it's linked to allocations limited offerings, et cetera. And it's just hoops that stores must jump through to get them. So in that regard, you know, we we've grasped the concept for a while, but recently it kind of hit me in a different way in the sense of, you know, at least the past few months when you and I kind of bicker or ramble about things that upset us, you know, first world problem style, it's very simply, ah, I look at the bar of the opens, but I don't feel like having anything rememberable or special. I, I, I just, you know, I want to sit back and have a pour and catch up on this or that to-do list or watch this program, et cetera. But then you feel bad because most of the opens are, you know, they're worth more than that to you. So you need that burner bottle or bottles in your life. Now here's where the bundle pack has a whole new relevancy to me because you've got these bottles and they're usually not bad. Would you buy them on your own independently? Like, you know, on a Tuesday afternoon in a store? No, you don't go looking for them. You've had them. They're not bad pours. They're just not what you're looking to buy necessarily. But if you've already got it, you don't feel bad if that's your burner pour. I don't know. It, it just hit me like an epiphany. I've, I've seen things differently you know what really annoys me like little stubbly hairs on your head no nah, i shave those but when you go to tell a story and you say 
then do a big pause like that, and then I have to edit it out. That really annoys me. At least I don't stutter. Oh, no, you stutter. You want me to send you the audio of it? I mean like a speech impediment, not like thinking. You think whatever you want to think there, uh, Fluffy Bunny. Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad Stricken Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. See if you can put together a sentence for me quickly, concisely, like a normal human being. How are you? I, I was good until you claimed I stuttered. Now I've got to call into the ADA over, A, you made fun of me for stuttering, which I didn't even think was a problem. So B, I'm even going to link it in to give me anxiety over a problem I didn't know I had. So not only have you made fun of a disability, which I don't think is a disability, but you've created a second one. Three strikes, you're out. (laughs) I can't wait. I am so going to send audio of you stuttering because I try to edit it out all the time. A lot of times it's I, 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 something like that. You'll, You'll start a sentence like I just did. I said you'll twice. You'll be like, I, I, I think, something like that. And then, of course, we know the... Zeke's the king of breathing in big before a deep breath before a concentrated thought, a stutter. No, it's not a stutter. I'm just saying it's a tick. It's one of your ticks. You and I both know I try to think before I speak. It, it helps most days. It also helps that your partner is a great editor and can edit together your sentence so it sounds like you said it normally instead of breaking it up 18 times. And the reason I say this is because I asked some people today on the grams. I said, Zeke and I are going to do a show. What do you want to hear us talk about? And more than one person wrote back about your voice. And I was just thinking to myself, if they only knew what went in to making Zeke's voice sound as smooth as it does. And that is an appropriate time to use the word smooth. You cannot use smooth when describing whiskey, but you can use smooth in describing Zeke Baker's voice. She thinks my tractor's sexy. (laughs) So, Here are some things that people want to know, and I'm going to save them for the next show we are doing as well. First question comes from Whiskey Mutant. So our friend up in Kentucky, Eric, what's one expression, past or present, that is a dream barrel pick for you guys? So if you could have a dream barrel pick, what would it be? Probably getting too hung up on expression, so I won't. And I will simply say pre-fire, heaven hill, uncut, unfiltered. That would be really fun. I almost wonder like when he asked this, because what's one expression past or present that you're going to do a barrel pick of? Well, would we have to go back in time? Would we have the knowledge that we have in our head now before we do this pick? And am I overthinking this? Probably. I mean, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, clearly everyone took that whiskey for granted i mean it was literally maybe one of the last ones to even catch up on secondary look how long anything that said Stitzelweller or old fits or the van winkle line just boomed which we will not go down the rabbit hole but all the juice the van winkles sourced and sold over the years came from more than Stitzelweller. but everyone bundles it together it also didn't ever won as awards as a wheater, but that's what everyone loves and wants now. So. Hey, you said bundle again. Good. We'll make it a game. 
<laughs> Every time Zeke says bundled, take a sip. I would love to do some of the old National Distillers, like some of that old Eagle Rare, or do a cheesy gold foil. What? Why? You do these faces. People can't see them. Because I'm trying to play ketchup. I grasp what you're saying. You meant one, two, or three, but in my ears I heard, yeah, some of the old ND juice like an Eagle Rare or like a cheesy cold full. And I was like, no, none of those are NDs. Like, what's he talking about? No. It just kind of like it rolled that way into it. Sorry, that's not what I meant. But uh, some of the old ND juice, those old Eagle Rares, and then uh, cheesy gold foil. You know, but it would probably be a dusty. Like, I would, I would love to pick some pre-prohibition juice. You know, like, I've never had it. That's one thing I would love to try. I've never had pre-prohibition stuff. And I would like to just try it once, see what it was like. I think I may have some Mount Vernon rye somewhere around here. Help a brother out. This one I liked. I'm kind of torn because I don't know how we could do enough. Maybe we'd have to do like a pick em thing. When will there be a dad's drinking bourbon fantasy football league? And can I get in? I don't know how we could do a fantasy football league. I mean, we have 57,000 people on Instagram and 25,000 in our private Facebook group. I don't know how we could do enough that, you know, maybe it would have to be a pick em league. If you pick the most winners at the end, there's a, you know, it would obviously be for a bottle or something, but I don't know. We'll have to come back to that one. D ball seven. Other question thoughts on the new same person thoughts on the new PHC release. So Parker's heritage this year, it came out today. Parker's heritage is going to be a 11 year heavy char wheat. We know they already put out the heavy char bourbon and they put out a heavy char rye. I feel like this is probably the last of the heavy char series. I'm not sure where you stand on this, Zeke, but I mean, unless they're doing heavy char mellow corn, (laughs) I can't imagine there's going to be more heavy char in the PHC. So I don't know. I mean, this is like old Fitz 11 year heavy char. I mean, the only thing that I would hope to show a difference without jumping the shark for this show would be that hopefully that heavy char and the fact that it's with a wheated mash bill, which should normally allow the wood to have more of an influence than other mash bills, it finally really showcases what the heavy char does. Because with the previous two, I just never thought it did. And maybe it was just the fact the visuals of seeing the heavy char staves sitting side by side with what was in their normal barrels and it being such a stark difference. But juice wise, I didn't think it translated. So maybe the the wheat being, you know, somewhat of an open medium, it allows more of those wood driven nutrients to to have more of an effect on the the final expression. But other than that, I, I think they've proven their point with heavy char. And spoiler alert, because this is probably going to be our episode on Friday. But the old Fitz 11 that is the fall release, I already kind of feel like is heavy char anyway. And I don't know what heavy char is going to do. I got a lot of oak and char on it. That's just me. Spoiler alert. But I don't know what more char is going to do at that point to an 11 year old weeded Nashville. Without us sounding too hypocritical, because admittedly, you know, aren't necessarily fans of the copycat movement, which happens in all brands, all types of consumer products. One does it, the other does it, the other, et cetera. 
And in the realm of finished and experimental releases, Heaven Hill has somewhat bucked the trend up until now with just, I guess, the redundancy of heavy char and everything. I guess under the same token, I, I still feel like there had to be some other angle of experimentation they wanted to try or possibly just some super old barrels or some other mingling or blending of the mash bills that would have been new. It just doesn't pop or sizzle in any way to me. It's like, oh, they did heavy char again. Well, it's still weeded this time, but. I almost would love it if it was a couple year break in between. So it's like, okay, you do the heavy bourbon, then you break it up with a couple other ones. Then you do the heavy rye, then you break it up with a couple other ones. But to have it back to back to back, it's like, okay. It really beats a dead horse. And you know me, admittedly, I am super biased for PHC. I love PHC. I always have. I always thought Parker Beam was a rock star. So I have this huge affinity for PHC. I kind of felt like my balloon got deflated a little bit when it got announced. I was like, ah, oh, because you always want to know what that PHC is going to be. And then it's like, oh, wait, char again. Cool. All right. I mean, I'm sure I will like it. I'm sure I will try to get a bottle. But at the same time, I just I wanted something different. That's just me. My opinion. No, I mean, there's there's nothing harder once you establish, you know, a, a legacy or, or a mindset among people than trying to maintain, keep, or possibly even best that. But I guess kind of at the same time where you see everyone else trying to do new things or, or trying to find innovation, and it seems like they're regressing to a degree. I, I mean, think about Jack, for instance. And I, I'll say this very tongue-in-cheeky because by now most people know how we really feel about some some or a lot of their products. But for how long was Jack basically like the basic bitch of whiskey they had one offering maybe two but look at all the stuff they've had in the past three or four years with the tennessee tasters and And even the jack daniels barrel proof is not that old compared to everything else you know truth so but you know kind of looking at it because we all are of the mindset of what have you done for me lately and, and live in the now but when you see something like that and and they're really just hitting their stride in innovation and, and new and neat products that seem to really just jump to me. But then you've got the the stalwart in Heaven Hill. What, I mean, one of the longest run distilleries, the oldest family owned one. I wouldn't say it seems like they're pushing in the clutch. I just feel like for an operation that big, that many open angles and doors, they've got to have some other stuff sitting around up there. I don't know. I'm with you. Moving on, last question I will say is from our friend Jason, another bourbon guy. I love his name on Instagram because it's tongue-in-cheek, and he knows he's just another bourbon guy. got to meet up with him recently at the Ardbeg Monsters of Smoke Tour as it passed through Cool Springs Wine and Spirits. It's almost like, hey, check out Ardbeg Monsters of Smoke Tour. Live on stage, another bourbon guy. Grave digger. Bigfoot. I was just amazed you took the kill to that one. <laughs> oh, I had to. I had a minute, but he asked, Are you excited for the NFL? Preseason's back this weekend. Preseason games are back. Where the hell have you been, Zeke Baker? My expression for everyone that couldn't see it was very generic and dumbfounded, not in the sense of the NFL, but in the sense of the question of who or why wouldn't 
Weeby. I just wanted you to say yes, and then I was going to say yes, and then we could move on and actually talk about what we were drinking. Oh, I mean, I thought you were going to, you were leading into something amazing. I'm like, uh. No, just say yes. You got it, dude. Well, I concur. <laughs> Let's move on. Tonight, we are drinking Basil Hayden Toast, a new style of bourbon marrying innovation and history in every sip. So this was released on August 2nd. 2021 just a week ago fast growing super premium bourbon debuted their new elevated package for the first time since 1992 there has not been a new basil hayden package since 1992 it's a long damn time zeke baker so it took the eight to take it off for a little while is that not an, a new package not really in design you know with the paper and the ring around it that kind of stuff i mean ttb is going to shit <laughs> basil hayden proudly announces basil hayden proudly announces the launch of basil hayden toast a super premium kentucky straight bourbon whiskey and the newest addition to the award-winning basil hayden portfolio consisting of an entirely new mash bill basil hayden toast breaks away from preconceived notions of american whiskey to deliver an inviting spirit for both familiar and new bourbon drinkers. This was crafted by Freddie No. It represents a reimagining of Basil Hayden with the use of a toasted barrel in lieu of traditional rye. Basil Hayden toast is made using U.S. grown brown rice, which imparts a hint of sweetness and a touch less spice, while a secondary toasted finish draws out notes of, well, I'm not even going to say, yeah. After aging... Toasted brown rice is blended back in with more brown rice bourbon, which has been rested in level four char barrels to achieve a final product with complex flavor. And again, they're giving us notes. Stop doing that. Please, PR people, stop saying notes. I don't want to know what the tasting notes you think we should get. But skipping over that, and it is the newest permanent expression. That's an important thing. This is not just an LTO that's coming out. This is a permanent expression. To join the Basil Hayden portfolio, it marks the debut of a sophisticated design-forward packaging update for the brand that updates its most distinctive brand asset, the monogrammed belt. That's the hoop. To celebrate... Is that the, the, like the belt hoop thing. They updated it. But what I don't know from this and what I would love to know, is it just replacing the rye altogether with the mash bill? Because, I mean, it was a high rye mash bill. So is it just rice in lieu of rye? I thought when we'd had a conversation about this before that got edited out, that it was going to be a foregrain and that rye was remaining and brown rice was also just added in. But at least what my uh, very, very bad googling skills are showing me at this particular moment i'm seeing that rye was omitted completely in favor of brown rice well and everybody that's writing about it that you're googling from is probably using the same press release i have i can only assume that the mash bill here so typically basil hayden has 63 percent corn 27 percent rye and 10 percent malted barley I'm assuming at this point that it's 63 corn, 27 rice, and 10 barley. I mean, that's what the press release reads to me. That That's the impression that comes off of it. But, you know, like I said, I, I thought in a previous conversation we had not too long ago that got cut out 
this was more of a four grain type product that had the addition of rice, not necessarily using it as a replacement grain. Interesting. Maybe if you, you check the, the B sides, you, you might be onto something there, Edwards. I know, but I am not going to check the B sides before we get this out. So I am just assuming that it is 63% corn, 27% rice, 10% barley. It doesn't say anything on here. Interesting in the press release. I mean, I feel like I'm dissecting the press release right now, but it is very interesting. They keep saying super premium because that was always a term that you would find in international markets. They would call bourbon super premium. I don't know if it's like a mind play. They're just trying to let us know that Basil Hayden is the premium 80 proof whiskey that's out there. Okay. But like, I feel like it's a trick. I feel like they're putting those words in strategically because they get paid a lot of money to know how to do that. But they've said super premium like three or four times in this press release. Some people feel like Payway is super premium Asian food. I don't know. I mean, everybody knows like P.F. Chang's would be the premium and then Payway because they're owned by the same company. Payway is like the McDonald's where P.F. Chang's is the Chipotle. Either way, I don't eat it either. So... So the packaging, yeah, is it me or is it actually pretty hard to like discern and read toast from where they placed it in the font color they used? I mean, it's very gold. If the light hits it the right way, I feel like you would not read toast. And if they really want to enhance that whole bronze belt thing, why not make it look toasted? Well, I think they want to keep it the same for everyone and then just kind of change the piece of paper that's underneath it but i always feel like the basil hayden package falls apart on you like i always feel like the belt always stays but the paper always gets ripped somehow sounds like a bad college date (laughs) what'd you think about this whiskey zeke baker nose wise i don't get a ton out of this Uh, i mean the only i really wrote down was faint red hots i'll circle back again when uh you get your chance to ramble here and see if anything else comes out at me, or maybe you can provide some inspiration. Palette wise, I thought there was a very mild spice throughout. It never really peaked or moved too high, but it was noticeable from you know front to back. The very beginning, it seemed very youthful, and I picked up some corn on the entry. It seemed rather light, and it kind of moved into just this consistent theme of a very like 30 percent ish as far as range in the palate rye that just was there the whole time i thought that the rye never really overwhelmed at any point but it was just a, a strong theme toast and or any oak present really seemed to be mia for me but i don't know how the rye can overwhelm there's no rye well what i would perceive is rye i mean how many times have we done a show with the wellers and people say the rye so if you want me to re oh man you got wellers if you want me to re-record it i will but now you know where i could get some wellers though that that's the memory of or the essence you pick up how about blends you got blends i got a left facing one coming soon i (laughs) heck yeah you do the msrp of this is 50 bucks i'm gonna start there it's very tough for me it's fine like it's a good whiskey if you like 80 proof and you like i mean but I almost think it's, I'm over the gimmick of calling things toasted because plenty of distilleries, for me, the whole toasted barrel phenomenon is like 
when Buffalo Trace put out kosher whiskey. Because there's a whole bunch of kosher whiskey that's already out there, and it's just kosher by nature. Like, the way that they go through their distilling process, it's kosher, but they weren't, like, out to make it kosher. It's just the nature of the beast. And there are plenty of distilleries that char and toast their barrels and have, you know, and plenty of cooperages that char and toast their barrels. Like, toasting is not a new concept. And I feel like this is kind of a marketing gimmick. I think it would have been cooler to celebrate the rice aspect of this rather than the toast aspect of it. I mean, that's where the innovation is on this one. I I feel like it almost misses the mark because we talked about it in the questions that we were getting and the copycat stuff. Calling things toasted is a copycat move. I almost think it would have been a better play to put it under the beam label, have there be a beam toasted and you can put it like 25 bucks where those kind of beam products really fit in and people love it and it's a great move on your end and then have this basil hayden rice be the premium side of it and talk about the rice aspect of it hell you could still toast the barrels all you want a bunch of distilleries already do that but there's nothing new with the toasted aspect of it but the rice is a crazy new thing i know i didn't give tasting notes but i just have a problem with the way this has been rolled out hey i'm pretty sure rice didn't test very well in the markets they used what they could have put a whole bunch of rice on that paper label in the front instead of the flame that they have right now b beam's been effing around with rice for a minute think back to those 375 signatures which were some years ago now there were rice mash bills involved back then which it was put out years ago it was an aged product this ain't nothing new for them it might be new to most people's eyes but new to them and tinkering and probably having a fair amount of experimental things or barrels and getting some documentation and some data on it i'm just gonna err on the side of they've got some history here by now yeah they do but i think that not a lot of other people have that history so why not celebrate the rice part of it and kind of be able to be like hey first rather than be the seventh eighth ninth distillery that puts out toasted hey they could have sold these barrels to heaven hill (laughs) they could have but that's just my take i mean it's creamy here's the thing because i'm not i know you're trying to troll me here but i'm not differing from you too much it's just middle of the road there's not a lot of peaks there's not a lot of valleys i think it makes for a very easy sipper with the the rice and the the toast it is what we thought it is and i always kind of think that basil hayden for me is a little bit more expensive than i'd want to pay for it for what i'm getting from it but again we're not the target audience you know we are not the target audience here of basil because we're drinking higher proof stuff i don't think it's about the proof first i'll give you a bit of a rant here hopefully it doesn't go too far but i think basil and granted i love jim Beam. i've yeah, you and I both. Than most people, especially any I know. Basil is a lifestyle product or brand. However you look at it or call it, it is. It looks a certain way and it costs a certain amount so that it fits needs for a certain clientele. Most know that it's not going to be consumed neat. 
It will end up in a cocktail or at least with ice or water or, or whatever other additives, for lack of better words. But what basil does well, and even with whether this is rye plus rice or all brown rice, it's the rye kick. It's not a flavor. And again, if this is rice all the way, I'm still going to call it the rye kick. Call me ignorant. It's the rice kick. For whatever, for better or for worse, that's what I'm sticking with here because that's how I'm going to equate it in my brain, which is pretty simple. You got the rice stuff. They don't put rice in Oreos yet, but but that kick that's consistent the whole way through, you put this in a cocktail, it's still going to be there. Does it necessarily add or impart flavor? No. But is it enough? So that especially on the back third of that tasting, swallow, pour, whatever you want to call, you get enough of a kick to know you're drinking something with alcohol. Ah, I'm having a cocktail. Even though you don't get any other attributes really from the product, you get that internal self-satisfaction to having a drink because you feel the kick. That's what it satisfies. And that's where it goes back to more of a lifestyle brand and a look and a feel than to me what I would consider a whiskey product. I think that's fair. And I think that's probably, I hate to say this uh, and give you a compliment, but that's probably the best way anybody has ever put Basil Hayden to me. I went deep on that one. I felt really good about it. That's why I was stretching first. Yeah. I was like, where is he going here? And then I was like, oh, that ass is right. Like he's a hundred percent right. It is the kick. Yeah. I feel you. I a hundred percent feel you here. And again, it, it's not a dig. If you're going to be a huge brand, which beam obviously is, and you're going to try to appeal to all types of different clientele, you got to have different products. But I mean, I really think that that's what the beauty of basil is at the proof. It is, is to have that punch. So that no matter what you mix or however you serve it up, the consumer gets the feeling and, and the internal sensation of consuming alcohol. Again, package looks good. Anyone can go to a store and find it. They can price check you. Like, was he serving me swill yesterday? Huh, that's kind of pricey. He served me as better whiskey. It fits a, a weird niche. It, it's probably not most people listen to us is niche. But if you really think of it in that broad term or spectrum, I think it's there. I think that makes complete sense. I mean, especially because a lot of the tasting note is very middle of the road for me. I mean, I I wish I had specifics, but the reason I don't is because it's like, well, yeah, it's bourbon. Yeah, it's there. It's a little grassy on the nose. And then you go through and it's like, well, I don't have anything amazing to say about it, but I don't have anything bad to say about it. And then, oh, wait, there's that kick. And I think that's kind of what happens. It's like, it's right in the middle and then boom jumps up at the end if you have that in a cocktail you're drinking it with a splash of ginger or a splash of water or you're putting it you know with some rocks in a glass or whatever it is it's like that kick at the end even if you water it down with some ice or some water or whatever it is that's still going to be there you're like oh yeah i'm still drinking bourbon back to the you know application or the term of toasted I, th- I think we're much better to, to circle back to, you know, the college days, like I said earlier, where, where toasted is, you know, all the paper fell off, but the belt stayed on. And then you just had something toasted with you. I am going to finish this saying that if you have 50 bucks and you like Basil Hayden, you will like this one. Sorry. I like it more than a regular Basil Hayden. 
do I like it fifteen dollars more than a regular Basil Hayden? And I know, like at this point, at, at thirty-five to fifty bucks, you're really—I mean, it's semantics at a certain point. But if you like Basil Hayden and you want to splurge a little bit, like you're not going to be disappointed. It's not a bad whiskey. I wish I had more of like, but I don't think that's the point of this. You're not going to sit there and like jump up and down at our palate where we are the type of people we're looking <laughs> that are like us. We're not jumping up and down for 80 proof bourbon, no matter what it is. for the intended audience. I think it's a home run. Yes. And I think we'll leave it at that. Thank you to Basil Hayden for sending us a sample of this. By no means were we trying to say anything bad. It's just, I think Zeke summed it up right. And he is a winner tonight for the intended audience. This is a home run. We're not the intended audience. Find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast. You already have. So why don't you leave us a review? It really helps. Leave us an open, honest review, just like we leave open, honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Music City, U.S. of A. Cheers. Ciao.